All right, so we're going to do today, uh, Matt, you have a Ukraine and... I have basic, what I want to do is refine, uh, taking off a conversation that we had last week when we just say we're anti-war. Mm-hmm. Why? It's like, I want people to stop dying, man. True. And true. But I kind of broke it down, brought some receipts. Okay. So as we sit at the holiday table next to... Uh, your pro-war leftist hand, which was not a thing five years ago. Uh, You can have some kind of points you can hit. All right. I got a funny Vivek Ramaswamy thing to share with you guys. Um, We're going to talk about the movie Leave the World Behind Mm -hmm. briefly. And then I have a media literacy uh, uh, segment to do. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, before that, I'm going to play you a really good new clip from Kamala Harris. (laughs) You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Thanks, Mr. Uh, now look, here's a house full of bees. Like you think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't, don't kill people. I do. a new band really yes we should sound some sort of alarm that we just played a new band on <laughs> liberty tree podcast who's that hot wax never heard of them well, they're brand new uh i think their first release was in 2020 they're from hastings england hmm. yeah it's good yeah, right? man rocking i know it remind me of the, uh that riff was very uh john spencer yes which i was a big fan totally yeah it seemed it reminded me just kind of like the music that we tend to gravitate towards that mid nineties kind of post punk stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah. Kind of Southerny. This always got like some yeah. good, like kind of rock riff. Totally. Yeah. I like that. Lo-fi. Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, Kamala Harris has been in the news recently. <laughs> has she now? <laughs> Jake, do you want to play it or you want me to? I got it. She's, uh, as eloquent as usual. We mm. all watched the television coverage of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see and because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened. <laughs> I'm going to... But just let... Okay, I'm going to need... Could you just play that one more time? I'm going to need to hear that again. I want to make sure I understood. the television coverage of just yesterday. Okay. That's on top of everything else right. that we know and don't know yet 
based on what we've just been able to see, and because we've seen it or not, doesn't mean it hasn't happened. <laughs> but just limited to what we have seen. I'm sorry. What what is it? The what's the infatuation with really really dumb people to like double down? Like if I just keep adding more words, eventually, uh, yes, <laughs> they're well, going to realize. There's a common trope uh, which I find racist and offensive mm-hmm. personally, but of. Um, poor black people using words, huge words that they don't know the meaning of just to kind of sound smart. This is the equivalent of that, (laughs) that she just tries to sound. It's like, I feel like in her mind, she thinks that one day people are going to quote her like realize her genius. Yeah. Like Winston Churchill. Yeah. You know, like as she's saying it, she's seeing it on like a, you know, on like a candle, like a magnet, (laughs) a magnet on someone's fridge. There has got to be missing context to that. Of course there is, but why ruin it with context? All right. Yeah. If you find it, please. Uh, I was actually thinking when you just played it, like, okay, let's say maybe she's talking about uh, the shooting in Las Vegas at the, at the school. Mm-hmm. Okay. Play it one more time, Jake. Okay. Let's, th- let's assume that's what she's talking about. Okay. Is that, that shooting that happened at UNLV. Okay. Oh, watched the television coverage of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see. And because we've seen it or not, doesn't mean it hasn't happened. What? But just limited to what because we've, we've seen. seen it or not. No, doesn't mean it still it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> it still does not make sense. Should we try another one? <laughs> okay. Let's say she just got the results of the UFC fight last night. <laughs> <laughs> Did we see seen it or not? Doesn't no, mean still it doesn't make sense. Just because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it has or has not happened. What? I think she's talking about like another dimension. <laughs> I think so. Like things could be happening in an alternate reality from the one that we're all experiencing right now. Just because we've seen it doesn't mean it has or has not happened. No, it still doesn't make sense. Could could there be a world where we all look back and just go? We we had no idea how fucked up things were. I mean, we had a podcast talking about how things were fucked up, and even we couldn't tell how fucked up things actually were. Because when you finally go and you look back, Kamala Harris was right about every single thing she ever said. That's how bad it got. <laughs> Uh, I think that you are a lot more charitable than I am because I view the all these things through the lens of. I just hear that and go, that's the vice president. And then I go, it's going to get worse before it gets worse. (laughs) (laughs) I got a uh, Vivek Ramaswamy story for you. Okay. Did you hear about the person that threatened to kill him? Mm -mm. Okay. So federal authorities have charged a New Hampshire resident with threatening to kill Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy and target other attendees at a campaign event in the state. On December 11th, the U.S. Department of Justice announced federal authorities had arrested 30-year-old Tyler Anderson of Dover, New Hampshire. This is uh, according to the Epic Times, by the way. Mr. Anderson made his initial appearance in the federal court in Concord, New Hampshire, on charges of transmitting an interstate threat to harm. 
According to charging documents filed on December 9th, Mr. Anderson received a campaign text message on December 8th notifying him of a campaign event in Portsmouth, New Hampshire on December 11th. He's alleged to have sent a response text stating, great, another opportunity for me to blow his brains out. (laughs) And a second text stating, I'm going to kill everyone who attends then expletive their corpses. I love so, stories. I'm like, oh, this guy's a wing nut. I'm like, I kind of like a style. I got to be honest. That's ex- so I read this and I was thinking like, you get these random text messages right. from political campaigns. Yeah, it's like, fuck off. You're if like, you're fuck gonna, off. If you're going to write to me, I can respond with whatever I want to. Absolutely. My takeaway from this is like, holy shit, they actually read the responses mm-hmm. that we sent. Like who would have thought Vivek Ramaswamy is actually reading your text message that he, he sends? It might be coming from his phone. He's actually texting like this giant group thread. And if you text back, he's actually going to read it. I, Cause I guarantee this guy is the, the just way. one. He lives in New Hampshire. He's okay. probably a libertarian. He's just one of us. He got this annoying text message. Right. He's probably was going to vote for R- Ramaswamy. <laughs> he got this annoying text message and he just, Text it back. Great. Another opportunity for me to blow his brains out. Like we would do that. Yes. Just as a joke. Allegedly. Not thinking that it would actually get to anyone. So they arrest, like it wouldn't even go anywhere. They arrested this guy. Yeah. That's, that's stupid. That's ridiculous. Um, it does. Man, I hope they're not recording. Cause I answer all the, how many robocalls do you get a day? I get like five probably. Oh my God. And I answer them all. I just like, listen, if <laughs> you're going to inconvenience me, I'm going to ruin your day and just say the most horrific things ever. I, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's how it should be, but yeah, apparently but nothing beats if you keep them on the phone for as long as possible. So like my favorite thing, I just pretend I'm really dumb. Like I just, I just, can you say it one more time? I'm just, I'm not, I'm trying to put it together in my head and you waste as much of their time as possible. That's when they, they become unglued. It's great. Yeah, you have a great story of pulling that off, actually. <laughs> yeah, guy actually threatened to kill me. I guess this guy faces up to five years in prison and up to three years supervised release with a fine of $250,000. Jesus. Yeah, so if you are fucking around with the intent of finding out, uh, I guess read this Remember article. Remember this first. <laughs> um, so we're not going to do it this episode, I guess, but, uh, I've watched leave the world behind the mm-hmm. movie that everyone's talking about. And then Jake, you watch it as well, right? Yep. And I've been talking to some friends about it and, uh, it's a terrible movie, but I would recommend watching it just for the, just the edification of what's going on in the, in the zeitgeist of our weird culture that we all live in. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we'll hit that next week. Yeah. After you do your homework. I didn't know that that was assigned to me. Okay. <laughs> you guys need to be a little more clear next time. Yeah, you're right. That's probably on us. All right. So it, uh, it's that time. I, uh, I'd like to do our media literacy. Okay. Segment again. Read my lips. Okay. It's time for Matt and Kelly to teach media literacy to dumb dumbs like me. That makes a total of four officers from the riots to die by suicide. And it's the unvaccinated people who it's going to make sick. And we really just cannot afford for you to have to go to the hospital right now. The constant mix of just 
comedic humor and just sadness for humanity <laughs> as I hear clips like that. I know. It's just ever present. Well, it is. We're doing our duty here in teaching <laughs> yes. uh, media literacy to the masses. Um, this is not a new story, but it came up when I was talking about voting and the mm. president and everything last episode. Yeah. Um, paper ballots. Mm hmm. Do you guys know, have any, or do you, Matt, do you have any opinion on paper ballots? Uh, kind of on the fence. Okay. Uh, they're better. I'm a fan. Uh, as far as I can tell, there's only one reason to not use paper ballots, and that is the to. Environment. Yes. The turtles. Yes, that's right. Saving the, the environment. Show yes. me a turtle with a straw on his nose. Okay. <laughs> we talk about the straws. If he does, it probably says uh, Los Trace Chiles on the side because I noticed they never <laughs> put up with that band. Man, he's don't pull. God bless <laughs> him. Don't deal with that shit. <laughs> so uh, the only reason I can see to go without paper ballots and use a voting machine is to cheat because it's next to impossible to cheat using paper ballots mm -hmm. because they can always be recounted. And so if you just do a quick Google search, you'll come up with some interesting articles on paper ballots. This one, for example, actually, I'm going to start with this paper. The headline is paper ballots, fucking pop-ups, paper ballots are good, but accurately hand counting them all is next to impossible. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's a bold faced lie okay. in the headline once again, mm -hmm. because we know that in France every year they use paper ballots. They count them by hand and they give you a result the very next day. Yes. Whereas in America, we use machines and we don't get our results sometimes for three fucking weeks. Or ever. <laughs> or ever. <laughs> and so this article from uh, Reuters, no, uh, The Conversation. I thought it was Reuters, but. That's my go-to comment. Anytime I see a, uh, the latest Biden dementia ridden, you know, slurring speech, I'm staring off the space. I just go like, 81 million votes, huh? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So as always, you got to read the seventh paragraph uh, to find out what's actually going on here in this article. Hand counting is slower is the next headline and hand counting is less accurate. Um, they basically are telling you that it is slower to count by hand than it is to use a machine to do it, which makes a lot of sense, right? Except that it doesn't, you end up <laughs> with a country, a large country like France being able to do the whole thing in one day. And we end up having to wait forever. Mm -hmm. And then the accuracy issue, it doesn't matter if people make mistakes counting by hand compared to counting with a machine, mm -hmm. because you always have a paper, you have a paper trail. You can always go back right. and count them again, count them again. You can count them 20 years from now. If yeah. You want to find out. And the argument that you get is, well, France is a smaller country. And so it's easier to do. Do you have more people is, count? Exactly. These <laughs> things can not, scale. This is not rocket science. It's like that thing that James sent us on the text thread saying that some people's argument for why California is dumber than other states is because California is so big that there's a larger population of kids that can't read and that drags down the whole state. <laughs> it's like... The people that said that obviously learned their math from a school in California <laughs> yes. because they're retards that don't understand how things scale. We're going to talk about California schools later. Actually, I got a little bit. Oh, cool. Uh, so then moving on through the dildo search, um, there's obviously a war going on on paper ballots. People that want to rig elections mm -hmm. would rather not have paper ballots because you can't rig an election so easily. 
Um, and I came across these very interesting two articles one year apart about Indonesia. Okay. Indonesia considers electronic voting, the which is the Indonesia is like the fourth largest country in the world. Uh, Population-wise, yes. Yeah. Indonesia considers electronic voting after 550 die of exhaustion. Waiting That's, to vote? No. Counting votes. Counting. Wow. Poll workers in India died from counting votes. It was so hard to count the votes and so rigorous in, I guess, the heat mm-hmm. that they died. One year later, in 2020, another article... Over 270 die in Indonesia counting ballot papers by hand during elections. Wow. So the media literacy part comes in here. Like, interesting. Two articles, two years apart, saying that people died from counting ballots. It seems really hard to make (laughs) someone count ballots hard enough that it kills them. Like, if you were trying to use that to kill somebody, that would be a really difficult way to kill them. Because all they would have to do before dying was just stop counting the ballots. There's that. So if you are using your media literacy skills that we're trying to teach you here today on Liberty Street Podcast, (laughs) you would see something like that and you would go, hmm, that doesn't add up. I like that. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. A reading rainbow. That that did not improve my mood, <laughs> but well done. All right. So we got a prediction. I do. Was, was that the alarm I heard? Yes. Okay. So I don't have a prediction, but I do have a uh, follow-up on a prediction. Um, the, where is it here? Okay. So a lot of the predictions lately have been centered around the election mm-hmm. and it not happening or Gavin Newsom becoming obviously becoming our next president. Right. And what do you hear from the mainstream media about who is going to be the next president? Uh, Biden. And because the economy is great. That's right. And he's going to be running. We're going to talk about today. Yeah. And he'll be running against Trump. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, do you know who James Carville is? Yes. This is him on the subject. The raging Cajun. That's right. His desire to be dictator for a day. Trump is in his strongest position yet to win the Iowa caucuses next month. And is leading President Biden in general election polling as well. What do you attribute that to? Well, I think in the Republican, within the Republican Party, it's just as it's important to look at Trump as a theological figure as it is a political figure. I mean, they're, they're, this is, he's, his is kind of a, almost a religion. Now, as the year progresses and other things happen, you know, it, 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 it's hard to say that you don't have an accretion or some of this stuff starts piling up. Uh, let's wait and see. I, I'm not, I try not to I try to affect elections as much as predict them, but you know, there's, there's still a, a lot of uncertainty. The people that say we're just destined to have a Biden Trump election and that's just the way it's going to be. I, I, I don't agree with that. I mean, it might be that, but it's going to be a, a no label. There's going to be a Cornell West and it's going to be a Bobby Kennedy. It's going to be. All right. Have you guys ever seen, take a quick side street here. Uh, Wolf Blitzer on Celebrity Jeopardy. 
Yes. Oh my God. Not smart. <laughs> not not a smart guy. Have you and ever seen that, Jake? It's one of the most amazing. I thought you were talking about the SNL skit. No, this oh. is actually uh, Wolf Blitzer on okay. Celebrity Jeopardy. It's pretty dumb. He's much. He reminds you of Sean Connery on the SNL <laughs> skits. <Yes. laughs> so much so that they had to basically f- like front him some money for the second He's, round. He He's ended like, in the hole. The the, cel- the, uh, <laughs> the charity that he was going to give money to ended up owing Jeopardy money after he <laughs> yeah. had done. Doctors Without Borders. <laughs> All right, so that was him kind of laying out, I'm going to say a... Uh, I don't know if the right term is predictive programming, but um, kind of letting a little bit of pressure off of the 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 pressure cooker mm-hmm. and saying it might not be Biden that's going to be the next right. nominee, right? It might not be Biden Trump. It's like, hold on a second. Drip. Drip. Wait a second. Drip. No, let's back up a couple of weeks. That's all we've heard is that this is who it's going to be. And now right. this guy who's a pretty prominent Democratic uh, mouthpiece, yeah, yeah, okay, analyst is is saying that well maybe it won't be Biden. So then here's another clip from uh, I guess the guy's name is Dean Phillips saying that Biden is unelectable. We're starting to hear. You're going to start to hear more and more of this. And next thing you know, the guy that's actually going to be sitting in that White House is not going to be Biden or Kamala Harris. Governor Jared had You and I spoke. You said that you are not taking on President Biden. You're not running against him. You told me that. And now you're calling him an unelectable threat to democracy. What has changed? Whoa. Well, that is unelectable. I mean, the data is showing every single poll coming out right now, Kristen. Everyone is showing him falling further behind. His approval numbers at historic lows, and I'm trying to generate a wake-up call to Democrats that we have a real problem here. And rather than stifling and suppressing competition, we should be encouraging it. That's why I spent the better part of a year encouraging other candidates to enter the race. The water's warm. We need to practice democracy now. And I want to make something clear. The president is not a threat to democracy. but. So just watch now how many people who you've seen on Twitter constantly saying that a vote for Biden is a vote for democracy and mm-hmm. Biden is doing a great job. Bidenomics is working like the we Ed Krasensteins and the, your own all, all of the the young Biden supporters, as if there really is such a thing, that, who are really <laughs> excited about Biden, who are telling us that that he is the going to be a great next president. He's doing such a great job now. You watch. They're going to start falling off one by one and start saying shit like this like they're not going to say vote for trump right they're going to start shifting their focus to another democratic candidate and it's going to be like none of this ever happened they're just going to be how how disturbing slash frustrating do you find it that things that to us we experience when we walk out the front door and just the common zeitgeist where we go i there's no i i meet no one in real life who thinks that Biden's going to run again? I've yet to ha- have someone try to, you know, I'm talking about lefties. Yeah. I can't think of anyone saying, like, well, no, it's like we all know he's not running again. And then how frustrating. You think it, so? Yeah, I don't, I don't know anyone. I'd you, love to, I'd love to meet that person. Cause you know some, what about your uh, neighbors a couple of doors down? What do you think they think? Uh, they, <laughs> they don't, they're not political. Oh, uh, I've never had that discussion. Okay. Yeah. That would be interesting to ask. I think, like, what do you think you're, I hate not being able to use people's names on this podcast. 
Um, I don't necessarily see that. Same, same thing with the economy. It's it, when you really ask people, I'm like, do you, you really think the economy is good right now? I have had people tell me that. I was like, but it, isn't it kind of obvious? You just, you don't have to understand. You don't have to listen to Paul Krugman. You don't have to understand. You don't read the Wall Street Journal. It's like, I spent this much on groceries. My dollar is going this far this year as compared to two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. As I could say, <coughs> I don't know a lot of, I know pe- some people that are in denial in their head. And like, what would we say? There's data and then there's statistics. Mm-hmm. And then as, as we say about statistics, there's lies, damn lies and statistics. And you can, you know, so like, for example, someone who just is experiencing that cognitive dissonance, right? Because I, I'm a Biden guy. I'm a diehard. I hate Trump so much. So therefore I love Biden. And then they just, they, what they do is they kind of cherry pick with the economy. So for example, they'll say, you know, Biden just created 190,000 new jobs. I'm like, okay, statistically that's true. But what you're leaving out of that, of those 190,000 it's somewhere between 72 and 75% of those are jobs regained after we shut down the entire world for the pandemic. And that also, that figure discounts the amount of people who are no longer actively looking for work, as in they gave up. And it's like, I'm, I'm just done. I got whatever, you know, some kind of public assistance or I'm just kind of checking out society altogether. But you were saying that the people who are Democrats... <laughs> who have voted for Biden in the past are now saying that they don't think Biden's going to run. Do you, do you, <laughs> do you know anyone personally that's thinks that Biden actually is going to run again? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And they don't think there's any problems like, well, they have cognitive been, wise, age wise. They haven't been given the permission to think other thoughts than that. That's a decent point. That's still the kind of, you're not dealing with a thought pattern. You're dealing with a regurgitation yeah. of an improvement. And so that's that, right? what's happening right now is people are starting to be given the permission to think in a different way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, hey, Jake, play the, uh, I don't think it's very long, play the uh, Gavin Newsom clip. You know, so I do want to say, because um, you uh, have said you own, you own the issues as well, right? So yeah. I was recently in San Francisco, uh, uh, great meals, wonderful time. And yeah. then also there are streets you walk down where you're yeah. like, oh, this is Absolutely. a bad scene. Obviously, a lot of money has been spent on the homeless problem, and yep. I think that's great, and that's compassionate, but yep. money only does so much. It does Stop seem like, right there. <laughs> and I think you agree with this, that the issue is there aren't enough homes, and you're up against zoning, and zoning is often not, you can't blame it on conservatives. This is often Stop. your own liberal supposit. Uh, the issue is not. I, do you, do you not have an issue with the first thing he said? He's like, you've obviously spent a ton of money on the yes. homeless, which is a great thing. Like, no, it's not because the problem only got worse. The fact that you've created an industrial complex out of this problem is not a good thing. Like, why is that to be celebrated? Yes. Uh, we've, you've spent a lot of money on this issue, which is a great thing. It's like, yeah, no, hold on, hold on. You spent a lot of money so that you could make people rich right. on this thing. That did happen. Or people got rich from the money that the, that the government spent. Yeah, that they stole from us because California doesn't actually print its own money mm-hmm. yet. They stole that money from us and spent it on the biggest issue in the state, and that issue got worse, way worse. So you spent a lot of money on the issue, and that's great. We all, you know, yay! The people in the yeah, thank you for doing that. He like, left out part of the sentence. You spent all this money on this issue; it's gotten continually and drastically worse. So much so, worst anywhere in the country. We are the epicenter for homelessness. Mm-hmm. 
That's how that sentence started. I went. And your friends all got wealthy and you got reelected. So mm-hmm. way to go. Good. That's good. Yeah. And then uh, we obviously, we know that the issue is that there just isn't enough housing, right? <laughs> we do. How do the fuck do we know that? What? Because the people don't live in houses. The obvious answer is that there's not enough housing. Are all those people from California? Are all the people camped on the Joe Rodota Trail down here on the side of Highway 12 and on the, the every wide spot in the road where they can park a camper? They're all from Santa Rosa? No. No, no sir. No. I had to deal with this in our old neighborhood. I dealt with this personally on a daily basis. And I remember talking to the cops who goes like, listen, I'll come here every time you call, but there's nothing I can do. There's two things you can do. You can start voting differently or you can just move. That's, that, that's your only options. But my hands are tied now. There's, He's like, I will tell you. I was like, do, they, do you guys have space for these people to go? He goes, yeah. The, the, the missions are never and the shelters are never at capacity. He goes, nine times. He's like, I'll tell you this right now. This comes from the cop who deals with this every day. He goes, nine times out of ten, every interaction we have, every call we get, the person is from a different state and they don't want to go to a shelter. It's amazing how the people that vote Democrat are oblivious to the idea of incentives. Yeah. That they, and I've actually had people tell me that incentives aren't even a thing. Mm-hmm. Like straight up tell me like, no, there's no such thing as incentives. Really? Yes. I got in an argument. If you can hope you're sitting down uh, at Sports City one time <laughs> with, a, with a guy. And he told me that, that incentives, people aren't motivated by incentives. What are they motivated by then? I don't know. I don't remember his answer for that. I don't think I even asked him that. But look, he just said, we, you spent a ton of money on homelessness. And what does that mean? It means that now homeless people get more stuff. It does. I mean, probably two-thirds of every dollar spent on homelessness does not go to actually homeless people. But it goes to the industrial company. But that's fine. If you spend a million dollars on homelessness, 333000 do does get to homelessness, homeless people, right? So more shelters, more food, more clothing, more socks, more heat, more whatever, you know? Those are things that make it easier to be homeless, and that's actually what they're designed to do. Mm-hmm. That's why you do those things is to make it easier for people to be homeless. You make their lives easier because you're a compassionate person and you care whether or not people are suffering and that's commendable, right? And so you do these things for them and you give them 33 cents of the dollar that you donated to homelessness or donated, got stolen from you by the state mm-hmm. to homelessness. And that is, I'm sorry to say, an incentive for being homeless. Maybe nobody wants to be homeless, but if you make it a little bit easier to be homeless, then it's a little bit less likely that that person is going to stop wanting to be homeless. Right. Not every single person falls into that category, but that, I'm sorry, that is a fact. Yeah. Keep playing the video, please. That don't want, yeah, NIMBYism. Everybody agrees that we should have homes for these people, but yeah. they don't want it in their neighborhoods or, or to block their view. How do you even go about well, that? I'm suing cities. I, I threatened to sue my old city, San Francisco. And in fact, we did a big audit, and now they are conforming to state law for the first time uh, and finally addressing the housing crisis. The original sin. In- okay, so what did he say right there? <sighs> What this fucking psychopath said is that if you don't want homeless people in your community mm-hmm. and you're not going to follow the state laws that f- f- are saying that you have to spend money making their lives easier, then we're just going to force you yep. to do it. Yeah. So 
fuck off. doesn't matter what you want. It doesn't matter what you and your small community think. And I think that's been the character of Gavin Newsom's entire reign in California. Yeah. The defining thing of his character is that I don't care what the small municipalities think. Oh yeah. I'm going to force you to do what the state wants to. Like when he went against the school boards down in, I think it was Temecula. Yeah. And they just, they voted to not use the textbooks. He withheld funding and he actually sent them the fucking, the books that they didn't want to use. The books that had like the, uh, um, what was it? The, the, the stuff that, that the Temecula school board didn't want to teach. I think it was, had to do with trans. Right. Um, porn. Porn. Thank you. Yeah. For kids. <laughs> he forced them to take the books. He sent them the books and build them for him. Yeah. And, was just like, suck it up. You have to do what I'm saying. Like, and that's what he's saying here. Like, you don't want to deal with homelessness. Fine. You're going to, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to force you to deal with you. You have to build shelters in your community. You have to build homes for homeless people, which means you have to take these people into your society. It is totally like Soviet style. Shit. I was going to say it's similar to a Mao who uh, would shoot a political dissident and then build a family for the cost of the bullet. It's just like one last fuck you. Yep. This is what you get. Yep. Yep. Exactly. All right, let's wrap it up. I didn't mean to play this clip, but state has asserted itself, and we've done it on the issue of our time that I think is really the unity issue, and that's on the issue of behavioral health uh, and mental health reform. And we are advancing the most significant mental health reforms in this nation, and I'm very proud of that. In California, directionally, 68,000 people off the streets since I've been governor, 68,000, 6,000 encampments we've put up. We're moving now in the right direction. Good to hear. There's also been a lot 68,000 of- off the streets. Mm-hmm. That's that fucking math that he's so good at. <laughs> no. We we brought in a half million, but we took off 68,000. Mm-hmm. So you brought in 4,432,000. So inflation's at 8.3%, but because of Bionomics, it hasn't spiked. It's leveled off at 8.2%. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? We shouldn't skip over what he said right there in the mental health thing. Dude, too. You know what? The thing I can't get over, I mean, we, we live in an area with a lot of home. We live in Northern California. We live close to the barrier. We see the homeless problem all the time. Mm-hmm. Has one single person between these two fucking jerk off liberal elites. Do you hear the word drugs one time get mentioned? No, nothing. Okay. There's no, in fact, there's nothing to do with drugs when we talk about the homeless problem. Governor that, that, Hairgel that, that doesn't come up. Is the one that said zero tolerance was the worst mistake we ever made. Like telling people they shouldn't be able to do drugs. And no. how did that work out for you? It worked out really well for him because it just grew the need for his homeless industrial <laughs> yeah, complex. Yeah. But what he said right there at the end about the mental health stuff, what was the thing that that you we're talking about where um, they could deem you. It's bringing back the conservatorship laws. Is that the one what you're talking about? Yeah. If yeah. you, uh, what was it though? There was some little like nuance to it that if you denied COVID or if you, uh, uh, so oh. would, uh, California law, right. That was passed. Right. To make it, um, there's something about the mental health thing. Like what he said right there was actually pretty scary because the state is trying to make it so that they can um, lock you up very easily 
if, and take away your rights. Right. It, by deeming it, you, it is. Uh, it's the three levels of uh, misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. And they're trying. Yes. And they're trying to. Um, going off the top of my head here is they were trying to get that categorized and cataloged in the DSM as a legitimate medical malady. Um, Thank you. And a, yes. and a legitimate uh, mental illness. Right. And so because of your spread of disinformation, like if you didn't believe in the vaccine, for example, then you could actually be institutionalized under these California laws. So listen to what he's saying right there. He's not talking about helping people, all right? We're, we're beyond that. We know Gavin Newsom yeah. doesn't give a fuck about helping people. When he says we're expanding mental health services or whatever, what he means is we're putting, we're growing the government. Mm -hmm. We're creating a, a bigger network to deal with mental health. Yeah. And in the context of what you just said, like that is only designed, That's it is not designed to, to end homelessness. That is designed to control the people in California. Yes. Because ending homelessness would be the worst thing that ever happened to him and his friends. No, that'd be one of the major industries of California disappearing overnight. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I didn't even mean to play that. I like that. That was good. <laughs> All right. Uh, Break? Yes. Okay. As I was saying 20 minutes ago, is we were talking about how we were having the conversation about what it means to be anti-war sometime last week. I don't know if you remember this. And we yes. kind of conveniently summed it up with what? I just want people to stop dying, man. Yeah. Which is dying. fine. Which is fine. And uh, that is an admirable approach, I think. I think it's respectable. But it made me think... I was talking it's to you. It's funny how, sorry to interrupt no, you, no, it's funny it. how we come back to this topic. To Santa Claus and what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> Jake, bring that infographic back up. Uh, it's funny how we come back to the anti-war discussion over and over again. Well, it's the, I, th I think about this quite a bit. And I think part of the reason is, is that, I mean, if you want to paint with a wide brush, you call it libertarianism, capital L, liber libertarianism. And then when you get someone who's not, kind of aligned with that ethos and they ask you like, well, what's the libertarian perspective on this, on Rover Swage, on Rover Swade, on the homeless, whatever it is. And I have to tell people like, number one, I'm not a libertarian, not a capital L libertarian. Number two, libertarianism is made up of like 20 different sub parties at this point. And there's a lot of like vehement disagreement between them. The only unifying philosophy, if you had to make me define it, is the non-aggression principle. That's why the the notion of anti-war comes up so much, I think. Because you and I are always kind of miring through, like, where are we on this scale that, you know, can be called libertarianism? I think it's, a, uh, it's also that anti-war is a shorthand for non-violence. Correct. And I struggle with non-violence the concept of nonviolence a lot because self-defense doesn't really fit into the idea of nonviolence. Well, defending yourself isn't enacting violence is mm -hmm. I think how we would see that. Right. It's not enacting violence, right. but you can use violence 
to defend yourself. Correct. It is, if you shoot someone, that's violence, even if it was in yeah. self-defense. And so I feel like there's just this uh, singularity, like the like a black hole, like the event horizon in a black hole that you go over it and, you know, weird things happen where mm -hmm. we say nonviolence, we say anti-war, mm -hmm. but there is this little thing where it's like okay to be violent and it's okay to defend yourself and it's okay to use force. And therefore you and I, you know, obsess probably isn't the right word, but we spend a lot of time thinking about violence. Yeah. Right. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> we do. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Right. But, uh, and I, I think that's why maybe we keep coming back to this idea mm -hmm. of anti-war nonviolence because there's still just something that hasn't quite registered. Well, I and in fact, I, I would even go a step further and say that preemptive violence, like we had that conversation once about, is it okay to go into a room and murder everyone in the room if they were, you know, five seconds away from leaving that room to come murder you and your family. Correct. And you had, you know, you knew 100% that they were going to do that. Is it okay to go kill them first? I think there's okay. A is it okay to kill baby Hitler in his, in his cradle kind of a thing? People mm -hmm. that say if they had a time machine, they'd go back and do that. Yeah. If they just would have let the poor guy into art school, we wouldn't have the problems we had. <laughs> it's a much easier solution. Uh, I think there's a second part to the the issue that you brought up too is that you and I are both people that came from the left and part of the reason why we were on the left and you can correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth, but the reason why I was on the left is because I was anti-war and I became politically active when we launched the in illegal invasion of Iraq after 9-11. Mm -hmm. I was just like, what, what is this? Mm -hmm. Like, this is, this is ridiculous. That's when I became anti-war, which put me on the left that's not the case anymore. So I think that's why it comes back too, because it's the anti-war issue. A lot of times when we bring it up, that's when people like us go like, we don't have a party. You ever notice that? Like we can't be on the right. You can't be right. on the left. They're both pro-war. Right. And even the people that say like, no, I'm not pro-war. But the point that I want to bring up is yeah, but when you say I stand with blank, I stand with Ukraine, Israel has a right to defend itself. I stand, you know, whatever, this week's shiny toy, this week's fashionable, fashionable war is when you support that or you have the dumb flag in your fucking bio, which does nothing, but you are pro-war and I'm going to lay out like why that is. So when we talk about why are you anti-war, you can go like, I just don't want people to die, man. It's like, it goes deeper than that. So when you have this conversation at holiday dinner with your leftist aunt who's supporting a proxy war on the other side of the world is here's a few ways I like kind of broke it down into steps of like how to explain like what it really means to be nice. Either I stand with blank or I'm anti-war and I'm not standing, I'm not standing with Hamas or Israel. I'm not standing with Russia. You know what? Fuck all four of those countries. Mm -hmm. Like I don't give it. Here's my stance. America shouldn't be involved. That's, mm -hmm. that's my stance. No money sent over there. No troops sent over there. No fucking flags on your fucking porch. No flags in your bio. Like it has nothing to do with us. And this is like what trying to give people their holiday talking points so they can talk about it. And this is specifically for the people. Cue the Christmas music. You're <laughs> comes in a closing. And this is specifically for the people to say, and we've had this experience to go like, I was like a lefty. It's like, did they get Iraq wrong? Yeah. Three times. Did they get Pakistan wrong? Yeah. Afghanistan. Yeah. Syria, Yemen, you know, Half those that had, I didn't know we were involved in those countries. I'm like, yeah, because you actually don't pay attention to these things. But we got Ukraine right. Why? 
Well, it's right this time that Putin's the evil guy. This is specifically for those people, the people that are saying that claim they're anti-war and they just want people to live. And they say like, well, they got it right this time. The Israel conflict. They finally got it right. They finally got it. They've been lying to us <laughs> for a hundred and forty years. I thought they were going to do it again, but this time they just hit it out of the park. And this is also because when we talk about, like, I feel like sometimes I'm a man without a political philosophy. Because if you are smaller government and anti-war, where are you? You're not on the right. Right is big government and pro-war, and the left is bigger government and pro-war. So what I'm getting at is it sucks. It all sucks. Both parties <laughs> suck. Merry Christmas. That's it. Right, thanks for listening. <laughs> so when, when you go, think about like how the notion of being anti-war no longer holds true on the left. It doesn't hold any water anymore, right? Because this, you know, now we have these like fashionable wars. Now the right and the left might be on different sides of that war, but they are all at when people refer to you as an infidel and goyim, okay, very nice, is when people go to the polls, right? So here's the first thing that you can try to explain to people. When people vote, what is the issue, bar none, above everything else that they are thinking of in their mind when they cast that ballot? Not what they say in polls. They're saying, like, I, I, civil rights. No, it's economy. economy. No. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's mandating a third gender neutral bathroom in California, which for thankfully Gavin Newsom had the political wherewithal and guts to mandate into law starting when, in 2024. When you sent me that and I saw that <laughs> fucked up law that every high school, every school in California it's mandated has have. to have a gender neutral bathroom assigned and built in their school. It, when I first we're talking about saw that I thought, uh, like I, my initial reaction was like, mm, I mean, that's fucked up, but you know, I didn't really think about what that actually meant. And then I thought about our high school mm-hmm. or our elementary school yeah, in Ferndale. Right. What the fuck are they going to do to have to put in another bathroom? Billions of dollars. Billions of dollars will be spent. Billions. Yeah. I mean, not in high, not in Ferndale, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Uh, unless that is, well, which, hopefully with a little bit of bureaucratic luck, this will track the same way that the bullet train did, which spent hundreds of billions of dollars and for, what are we at 12, 13 years now still has yet to lay a single mile of track, but will eventually satiate that yearning desire for people to ride a choo-choo train from Bakersfield to Fresno. That's right, folks. The technology of 1800s today. For hundreds of billions of dollars. You know, we are both contractors. All is well in the gold. Okay. All right. (laughs) There's no reason why two guys born and raised in Ferndale shouldn't get the billion dollar contract (laughs) to to add another bathroom. Hey, that 0.7% of the population needs to be accommodated. You know what? And we could do it in true Liberty Tree fashion. And we just build some like bullshit outhouse, like out next to the sidewalk, like right in front of the school. You know, just to make it like a total, just eyesore, just awful, like example and gaudy too. Mm-hmm. make it so expensive that it just is, you know, almost as expensive as the public bathroom that Santa Rosa built for homeless people that cost $250,000 like five years ago. Right. You know, just something that just a total finger in the eye. Yes. Like right out there on main street. <laughs> I like that is here's, here's Here's the thing. I'm not anti third bathroom. 
I would typically have no thoughts on it. Uh, besides the fact that this will cost America, uh, California taxpayers billions and billions of dollars. Okay. That's the easy issue to tackle. But one would make the argument that the primary reason for a school to exist, a publicly funded school to exist, is academic performance, right? Here's That's kind of an out there idea. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but, fringe, but, yeah. but just okay. throw it in the background. Yeah. Is, and then when you look at California, it's like we spend over twice the national average per pupil in California, and we are ranked 47th percent. In 40, 47th place. And that's not okay, Matt. And I'm, I'm here. I'm going to fix that. And that's what mm-hmm. I want to do. I know. I, I, I'll take that. You know I what? Accept I look around, that. Accept that. Yeah. You know, we all make you mistakes. Know, we all fall short we sometimes. We all fall short sometimes. And you, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> yes. So I, I would think there's a strong argument. Like, why don't we, hell, I'll be charitable. Get us up to 40th place, <laughs> not 47th. And then we can talk about that billions of dollars being spent to accommodate 0.7% of the population. Just kidding. Meet me halfway on, and not even halfway. I mean, just get us up seventh place, seven places in the ranking system. But when we spend this much money already, and this is our academic performance, like I, I, I'm not interested in the bells and whistles of your virtue signaling. That's going to cost the taxpayers billions and billions of dollars. I didn't know like how we got off on that. Sorry. It's like Gavin Newsom <laughs> is a black hole that just keeps sucking us in. Yes. So back to the economy and the being anti-war in the military industrial complex. So this would be for your NPR listening aunt who has that Ukrainian flag in her bio and she's screaming on Facebook that Israel has a right to defend itself. Or maybe she's chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine. I can't keep track of like who's rooting for what team at this point. But point being is that despite what Janet Yellen and Kareen Jod Van Van Dam or whatever the fuck her name is say, the economy sucks. Everyone knows it. Everyone's gonna be bitching about it this year. We know that. We walk out our front door. Our dollar. Here's how. Here's what it means. Here's what it means when you talk about the economy. When we say the economy sucks, is your dollar worth more now or less than it was five years ago? Your dollar is worth less. We feel this every day. Every time we buy groceries. Every time we buy gas despite Gavin Newsom saying like, well, the reason why gas is so expensive is that the, the, the oil companies are gouging us yet just in California, just in California. Okay. That's, that sounds like a bad business plan to me. If you were a fucking capitalist psychopath is you, we know intuitively right, left, Democrat, Republican, the economy fucking sucks and it's getting worse every year. Now this is mostly because of terrible economic planning, but the short of it would be Two reasons, right? That we keep what we've we printed 80% of the dollars in existence in the last five years, something like that. Yeah, I don't even know what the statistic is now, but it's something right ridiculous like that. Yeah. And inflation, which those two things are, in, are related the same thing, because yeah. give, give me the elevator pitch. What happens when you just print tons of money and, th- and throw it into the system? Dude, I, I thought of a really great way to <laughs> explain this. If you're playing the game Monopoly mm-hmm. and the four people playing, all of a sudden somebody came in and said, guess what, everyone? We're all going to get, um, I don't know. Let's say you start the game with $5,000. Okay. We're all going to get another $5,000 right now. And you evenly distributed $5,000 to the everyone that's playing the game. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that everyone is wealthier? You're in exactly the same position you were relative to everyone else as you were previously. High tide raises all ships. Right? 
the problem with what happens in our society is that that initial $20,000 or whatever it is that they print billions of dollars goes into one person's or one group of people's pocket and then distributes out yeah. from there. So that high tide raises their ship and everyone else is left to catch up. Like if I was able to, if they printed, like you said, 80% of the dollars that have ever been in circulation in the last five years, if I was able to raise my rates for what I charge for work, mm-hmm to that same degree, which would be, I'm going to go from charging 160 an hour to $1,600 an hour. Mm-hmm. Then, okay, fine. Like we're all the same. We're all equal. We just, and we just added all this extra money into circulation. I'm going to, uh, compensate for that by raising my rates by a hundred, a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. No problem. But none of my clients are going to accept that. Right. And that just, everyone gets, fucked by that downstream flow. So yeah, it's the same thing of like printing more money to solve poverty is it's, it works just as well as printing more high school diplomas to solve stupidity, which they're doing. (laughs) They are trying it out. Portland, Chicago and Philadelphia. We will have data (laughs) on this. Yes. So as you complain, as you hear someone complain about the economy while they also have that stupid flag in their bio, uh, for this month's fashionable war. Think of it like this. Think of Zelensky coming to DC in the halls of power, which he did last week, hat in hand, wearing military fatigue for some reason and saying, this is a quote, don't build the roads, spend all your money on weapons, drones, society and pensions. And don't cry. We are the leaders. We have only one enemy and that is Putin. He said that he said that. So, uh, we have pensions. Yeah. Maybe we lost a little bit in transit translation, but it's essentially Zelensky coming like, I mean, I knew we were paying for their pensions. Yes. Which is weird. Yeah. By the way, Zelensky, they're not even the 51st state. They're the 52nd state. By the way, Zelensky get fucked. (laughs) Seriously, eat a dick. So now you remember Biden being asked like how much longer we would continue to support Ukraine. His response was as long as it takes. But of course this was before our new shiny toy came along, which is Israel coming along. And so, Originally, Biden wanted to give, asked uh, to give Zelensky 60, another $60 billion. So this would be close to, I think we're just under $200 billion that we already gave him. Now he walked away. This was a bit whittled down because now of our infatuation with Israel. So Zelensky left Washington with $200 million, you know, because we need to rein in spending and smaller government. And uh, I'm sure we will see someone campaigning on, we reduced the amount of money we were given to Ukraine. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. Um, okay. So here's, here's, here's step one is where does this money come from? Aunt Barbara with your <laughs> Ukrainian flag and your bio is now we often say we print it out of thin air, right? Mm-hmm. It, they, we don't even do that. We're not, there's no money. We didn't print it. Yeah, we did. We declared it existed, right? Right. Uh, Zelensky's not leaving there with a big like oversized check, like he got in the prices right, <laughs> taking it back to Ukraine. Is we say, okay, we're going to give you this time it was two hundred million dollars. Before that, I think it was forty billion. You know, just say we're like just under two hundred billion dollars that we're you know just using Ukraine as our example. <clears throat> so that money, once you declare it exists, just like we were talking about inflation. Okay, so step one, you have just, you who you stand with Ukraine, you have just succeeded 
in supporting a thing that just devalued the money that you already have, right? Mm -hmm. When we just declare that another $140 billion exists, that devalues all the money already existing. This is inflation mm -hmm. 101, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the first thing you've done because you want to stand with Ukraine, right? You're pro-war. If you want to support this thing, you fucked yourself right out of the gate. Okay, number two, step two, where does this money go? Do we wire it to Zelensky's account in Ukraine? No. Don't we uh, pay for the things that they need with it so they never even actually get the money? Kind of. Okay. Yes, pretty much. Where that money goes, most of that money doesn't even leave the U.S. Right. It follows the exact same model as the IMF and the World Bank <clears throat> use right. in, in South America and the other um what do they call them? The, the LDCs, the lower developed countries. We use it all throughout. Uh, I believe it's uh, SH countries. <laughs> <laughs> little tip cap, you old Trump. <laughs> is that money comes with a caveat, just like it does with the World Bank and the IMF. We say like, okay, we're going to give you $90 billion. Um, you need this as military aid. So this military aid needs to come through our already politically connected companies that make up the military industrial complex. This would be your Raytheons, your Lockheed Martins, your Boeings, all those, mo many of those companies being run by a controlling interest from your Black Rocks, your Vanguards, your State Streets, for example. So that's step two. Step one is you have succeeded in taking part in devaluing the money that you already have. Step two is you have just propped up the billionaire oligarch class. Mm -hmm. So we're off to a great start already. Oh, just yeah. by... We're printing that money so that we can give it to Raytheon and Lockheed. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And I should add something that being anti-military industrial complex does not make you anti-military. Just as being anti-third bathroom doesn't make you a transphobe. These are two different things. I was like, I'm tired of the corruption, right? I, like, I very much enjoy the benefits of being in a country with a very strong military. I have no problem with that. I'm anti-military industrial complex. For those, I, I know people... They, it's hard to parse that out in their mind. Well, it's not their fault, right? The, the jets fly over every NFL game for a reason, mm -hmm. right? That's the people have been programmed to associate anything, any dollar spent on the military as being patriotic, mm -hmm. even if it's idiotic. Yeah. And it's used to kill innocent be, people. Be the shiny Dude, toy. You know what I was thinking about recently that, uh, Yes, tell me I if do. you think. <laughs> of course you do. Okay, Jake. You know what I was thinking about recently? Tell me if this resonates with you. When we were in, let's just say, like, like when we were in college, like, you know, early uh, 2000s, when you saw a Marine sticker on someone's car, mm -hmm. you could probably guess that that person was okay with the war in Iraq. Mm -hmm. I'm talking like 2002 here. Okay. Oh, 2003, 2004. Okay with the war in Iraq. Uh, proud. They would tell you they're proud to be an American and anyone that was anti-war was a, um, a communist or a hippie. Right. Yeah. Today, when you see that sticker on someone's car, I assume that that person, they're also listening to NPR. <laughs> No, I think I see the the that sticker now, and I think that person is a disgruntled uh, veteran who does not believe in the military-industrial complex, who is mm. anti-war, who is probably pro-Trump, 
um, it has a different significance yeah. today, I think, than it did back then. Back then, it was a George Bush. That sticker and George Bush were not too far apart. Today, when you see a Marine sticker on someone's oh, car. Oh, a Marine sticker. I was thinking something. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I agree you, with you. you that, that, that person <clears throat> is uh, like a red-pilled kind of awake individual who knows what's yeah. going on in the world. It's just been too much of this stuff over and over again, the same thing, this military industrial complex controlling people's lives, ruining people's lives and, you know, leaving a path of destruction in its wake. Yeah. And I think that if anyone knows about it, it's the people who actually went and, and fought for their country for something they thought, you know, something they believed in, something they thought that was right. But yeah. Anyways, just something that's been, and every time I see those stickers now, I kind of wonder who's the person in that car. It's yeah. not the same person it was back in no, 2004. Not. So we have step one, you devalued your own currency. Step two, you've propped up the billionaire oligarch class. So step three, then we go, we know that the money stays here. Most of the money stays here in the U S uh, stays within the confines of the military industrial complex. And you go, well, from there, where do the weapons go? Um, are you familiar with the uh, Pandora papers? Uh, remind me what that is. Pandora papers are essentially about 12 million leaked documents. And I think like three terabytes of data that was um, published by the ICIJ, which is the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, that lined all the financial financial transactions, holdings of world leaders, politicians, celebrities, offshore accounts of like mm. just where all the actual money was going. When we remember we used to hear the um, you know prior to our taxpayer. <laughs> funded love affair with Ukraine, they were considered one of the most corrupt countries in the entire world. That came from the P Pandora Papers. Most notably, Zelensky's in there. This is all the money he has in different offshore accounts, the different houses he has all over the world. And the dude's like fabulously wealthy. And but here he is, like hat in hand, asking, telling us to not build roads and schools, which is the, the state's favorite argument, that he needs more money, right? And so think of that corruption that we knew that Ukraine was one of the most corrupt countries in the world. And so we send them a bunch of weapons. So where do these weapons go? The U.S. has almost zero ability to track the weapons it is sending to Ukraine. The weapons often disappear into the fog of war and they drop into a big black hole. I didn't write that. Those are both quotes from the White House. Wow. They say like, well, we just send them over there and then after that, like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Operation Fast and Furious under Obama. I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we go, like, where do the weapons go? Like, not, not quite sure. Six months later, we're being shot at by cartel members with those, member, with those weapons. And we go, like, oh, I guess, I guess that's where they went. Six months later, <laughs> some guy smuggles 200 weapons into a hotel room <laughs> in Las Vegas. Let me hit that next episode. <laughs> or remember when... We were seeing the original footage of the Hamas attacks in Israel, and we're just asking questions here, us here who are not on a team. And one of the first things that we brought up is like, does anyone find it interesting that I'm watching a gunfight between Hamas and the IDF, and they're both using U.S. military-issued M4s? Does that raise any questions for anyone? That's where these weapons go. Mm -hmm. So we send these weapons to Ukraine and they take a bunch and they put it on the black market 
and it ends up in the, this is how, this is how groups get armed. Your Boko Haram's, your Al-Shabaab, Hezbollah, Taliban, ISIS, which the U.S. created, and the CIA, Taliban, also created by the U.S. This is how those, those groups get, when we talk about like, well, they're just arming both sides of the war. Here's like a roundabout way that they do that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these psychopaths, they do arm both sides of the war. It's like, dude, it's just, we're not, like, I don't give a shit about America. It's like, we're a multinational weapons manufacturing company. Like, whoever wants to buy it, we can. If that means now to clean up the paperwork, we have to put it on the black market or have it go from Ukraine to Hezbollah or to Hamas, then so be it. Like, we're in the business of selling weapons. There was something like 130 murders committed in the United States from guns that were lost during Operation Fast and Furious. Yeah. Yep. That happened on U.S. soil. Yes. Mm-hmm. If we could just save one life, <laughs> wear your mask. So there's step three. You have succeeded in supporting some of the most horrific regimes on the planet, whether directly or indirectly, okay? But wait, there's more. We could call this uh, step four, I guess. So let's jump back to the latest shiny toy, which is the conflict in Israel. So last week, the White House uh, just issued a report. I don't know if you've heard of this, but they're raising concerns that Israel is using white phosphorus on citizens in Lebanon. Uh, In Lebanon? In Lebanon. Recently. Recently. Hmm. You know where Lebanon is? It's not within the it's borders of Israel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to quote the National Security Council, this is John Kirby, quote, anytime we provide items like white phosphorus to another military it is with a full expectation that it will be used in keeping with those. It will words. be used peacefully. <laughs> 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 to start campfires Phosphory, on the beach. <laughs> but mostly peaceful. <laughs> And I guess we got our show title. (laughs) So if you pay attention to these issues, the two things that should have stood out to you, which you caught rather is the first one is the use of white phosphorus on civilians is illegal under international law and thusly considered a war crime. And two, while we chant that Israel has a right to defend itself against Palestine, we notice that Lebanon is indeed not in Palestine. In fact, a strong argument could be made that it's an entirely different country. Uh, well, <laughs> you could argue for that. So a recent article written in the far fringe, far right, just wingnut publication, uh, Washington Post, you ever heard of it? Mm. Outlines how the white phosphorus used in attacks by Israel was produced in the U.S., going back all the way to the 90s. That's step four. You proceeded in lending your support to committing war crimes. Okay, so we're four steps deep. Step five. As we stated before, this military aid comes with caveats, right? So we give them aid like, okay, here's $60 billion. Um, We're actually not going to give it to you. We're going to give it to Raytheon or Lockheed Martin, and they're going to make the weapons at some horrifically inflated price Mm -hmm. at the cost of the taxpayer, and we'll give you those weapons. So these caveats also seem to magically align with some sort of predetermined agenda. A perfect example of that is the project for a new American century. So right now, let's, let's just consider the, the new shiny toy. When we tell, you know, we're chanting in the streets that Israel has a right to defend itself and we're going to send them all this money and military aid, they're also, the propaganda is meant to sell you on the fact that Israel is this victim 
that is protecting its borders and itself from Palestine. At the same time, we have bombed, they have bombed with the aid we gave them, Syria, Lebanon, like we just talked about, uh, Aleppo multiple times, uh, the airport in Damascus several times, as well as the previously mentioned Lebanon. So this is not a defense, this defensive military action that they are involved in very much mirrors the project for a new American centuries, our offensive military campaign in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the only country that's hasn't been hit directly that's on mm -hmm. that list is, would be Iran. Right. Right. And the, has there been any chatter about some saber rattling with Iran at all? I saw a headline just the other day that said we are at war with Iran and I didn't, have time to look at look at what it meant, but yeah, like, oh shit, they're the one. They're they're I was like hoping like I wasn't gonna wake up for to America. It. Iran is the one that got away. They're the girl that got away. It's like we're still like we knocked all these other uh, others off our list, and like we still haven't got to Iran. I would put uh, Russia on that In list, Russia, yeah. not for a lack of trying, <laughs> but I think Vladimir Putin kind of saw the writing on the wall, and I think also that when you look at the the offensive military campaign that Israel is doing, you know, via our support, um, that certainly in my mind leads more credence to the kind of the more false flag questions that we asked about October 7th, because we had this event happen October 7th and then everything just seemed to kind of like jump right into this agenda that was already preordained by the U S and Israel mm -hmm. at that time. Step six, and that's our go-to. I just want people to stop dying, man. I know you're, I'm sick of repeating it over and over. Maybe you're sick of hearing it, but I'm still sticking to that as a legitimate reason to not go to war. Uh, sticking with Israel and Palestine, we're three months in now. Uh, we've had 18,400 innocent women and children and civilians killed in Gaza. And since the start of the Ukraine war in February of 2022, we've had 9,600 innocent women, children, and civilians killed in that region. And when pressed with these numbers, Biden shrugged and said, that's just the cost of war, which is interesting to me. The, the moral flexibility to call something a genocide, such as he called in uh, Israel and Ukraine, and then a month later to shrug it off as the cost of war. I don't accept that. I can't imagine it would be hard to pull up a clip of him calling the two or three murders that have happened in the United States of trans people, right. A genocide as well. It's because they don't have enough bathrooms. There's, no, there's nowhere to pee. Correct. So they're going stir crazy. And step seven's fun. Cause this is a special bonus round is this is one that you, because the military industrial complex, they don't just like take, 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 they want to give back, especially the holiday season. That makes sense. Right. Right. Toy drives and whatnot. Yeah. The, Hell, the Hell's Angels do that too, I think. Yes. So, because now, at whatever given point in time, like now there's a new war, right? And these military industrial complexes are packed full of the weapons from the last war, right? And we're not going to send these old weapons to Ukraine, right? Like, what is this? 
No. The, the first Iraq invasion. Well, it's like second, if you if there's a toy the if there's a toy drive at our academy, <laughs> for example. Correct. And you show up with some used toy and put it in no, the no, tree. No, 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 no. No, I'm sorry. No. You buy a new toy. No, no, no. no. This is the shit. new war. Yeah, you put have a new some, toy under the tree. Have some goddamn respect. All yeah. right. This guy, you know, who this former comedian who was previously before this uh, playing piano with his penis on YouTube as a skit, like he wants the new shit. He doesn't want this old stuff. You guys send me that link. (laughs) I mean, for prosperity's sake, I I don't really want to see it. I just. Um, Problem is, is these warehouse. These warehouses are packed with the old shit. So what are we going to do with the old shit that never got shipped over there? We made all these weapons. Are you familiar with the 1033 program? No. Okay. This gets fun. So the 1033 program, what they do. Do you know where my mind went? Hmm. It was just immediately like all this old shit. It's like, ooh, how do we get our hands on that stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can. Can we? (laughs) You can. Is there a website? There is. There is a website for the it's 1033. It's not a deal, is it? No, it's not. The 1033 program, inventories and catalogs, all weapons produced for whatever war you people choose to keep participating and supporting in, but uh, never went overseas to the actual conflict. So stuff that stayed warehouse in the U.S. And what they do, they then recycle these weapons domestically into law enforcement. So, or what we commonly refer to as the militarization militarization of the police. Oh, yes. Right. Yes, I've heard of this. So these military-grade weapons that you paid for get bought with your tax dollars by your local police, which you also pay for, to be potentially used against you. What a country. So think of it like this. If you start to pay attention, like how our wars are actually funded and start to maybe run some comparative analysis in your head that just maybe this is related to the state of the economy with us spending all this make-believe money to these other countries, you can utilize a bit of pattern recognition and you start to think like, maybe I'll start to think twice before I choose to support blank. Or I, try, I you know, put the sticker of blank on my car. Or I go on Facebook, I stand with blank. And then maybe you will choose to not put up that stupid flag and just maybe think that the reason why you are poor and poor and poor every year might have something to do with funding all these wars. So maybe you take it one step further. This is what I was thinking is you think that not only am I not going to support the current thing, right? I'm going to go downtown and participate in that anti-war protest that was so perfectly advertised and promoted on Facebook by the FBI. And while you're down there with your little sign saying, like, not in my name or stop the genocide and the protest gets a little out of hand, usually by about 10 to 12 kind of white males in their late 20s, all with matching flat tops and cargo shorts and government issued bandanas over their head. And when you see that line of military issued Humvees come like ripping around the corner and blasting you with a water cannon and spraying you with pepper spray. And as you sit there like hogtied, you know, with zip ties and the cops are taking turns like soccer kicking you in the ribs while you gasp for air and you look up and you see that shiny military issued fully automatic M4, you can think to yourself like, hey, I paid for that. I bought that twice. <laughs> <laughs> Spent two pence today.